What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, all right. Two in a row, Suns fans, two in a row. Unfortunately, it's two in a row the wrong way. Another L in the loss column for Phoenix Suns as they lose on a game that ended up being pretty darn exciting against the Memphis Grizzlies, although they didn't have Jay Crowder. They didn't have DeAndre Ayton. They didn't have Monty Williams. So two-fifths of your rotation of Monty Williams. Matthew, it appears that for Christmas, the Suns got COVID. They did. It finally broke out here. How disappointing, huh? I mean, it affects a lot of these teams, but now it's hitting the Suns. It, it sucks because this Memphis game is a big game. They're fourth in the West, and you want to see how we can compete with them at full strength. But, I mean, it is what it is. And we, we they, seriously, the Suns needed everything they could tonight to beat the Memphis Grizzlies, which is a, real, a well-coached team that hustles, that plays defense. They have knocked down three-point shooters. So we needed everything, just not enough tonight, almost. I'm very proud of the Suns that are putting up with that fight tonight. Yeah, again, you know, a, a lot of different things were thrown their way at a very late uh, time frame, if you will. You know, we found out earlier today the fact that they wouldn't be without DeAndre and Jay Crowder, Monty Williams. And, you yeah. know, kind of w- welcome to what the rest of the league's been dealing with. You know, it's funny because uh, I won't really, really say it's funny, but it's interesting or it's observable. It's something or other. Uh, I've been thinking about talking about this on the podcast, talking about how the Phoenix Suns have yet to be affected by the COVID bug that's going around and putting plenty of players into health and safety protocols. I mean, prior to tonight, there was a day last week where Woj is like, yeah, we now have 100 players in the NBA in health and safety protocols. And at that point, the Phoenix Suns didn't have one player. So it was a matter of time until that occurred. Uh, but at the same time, it, give, it gives you an opportunity. It gives you some insight to some players a little bit further down the bench, a la Sticks, uh, and to see how they kind of respond in these situations. And although the team didn't win the game, they lose by one point to the Memphis Grizzlies. To your point, I am proud of the fight that they put up and the resiliency that they displayed, uh, knowing that this is game 33 out of 82. And to anybody who's freaking out in the chat, and, and that's Iverson Vlogs, you know, we just keep proving Gold State Warriors are better than us. All right, buddy. Whatever you say. It's game 33 out of 82. He's, not, he's <laughs> yeah. sarcastic, right? No, no. It's oh, okay. Iverson, <laughs> Iverson Vlogs is trash. Every time the – like, stop. We suck. Every time the Suns lose, Iverson, so does Iverson Vlogs. He loses <laughs> okay. his shit. Okay, you know, okay. it, it, apparently every team's supposed to go 82-0, and 0, and you're supposed to go through COVID games. And, again, I know that the Warriors had a couple COVID players, uh, and they beat us, but you know what? There's been plenty of instances across the NBA in which teams that were lacking due to COVID also won as well. So uh, we just lost by a point tonight, and uh, it was at the hands of John Morant, Matthew. Yeah, and it was a game that was over, it seemed like, many times. It seemed like Memphis had the Suns a lot, especially in the fourth quarter. You thought it was over with six minutes left. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the way the Suns handled themselves tonight is really impressive. I, I know, of course, you don't want to lose, but early in the game, a lot of you on Twitter, I was on there trying to find maybe someone to replace John tonight because he was working late, working and hustling it late tonight. So I had to see, like, what's going on on Twitter, if there's anybody that can help me out tonight. And it was a lot of negativity already. I knew they would lose this game and all that, this, this, and that, because Coach Monty's out. Yeah, of course. It's going to suck without your head coach. But, man, they, they were resilient tonight. It was actually pretty cool to watch at the end. Yeah, especially, I mean, but plenty to talk about. We'll go into all oh, of yeah. that. So, oh, yeah. you know, thank you, Jamsters, who've decided to join us after the Suns lose this game. Uh, welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. I'm John. He's Matthew. And this is the Suns Jam Session Podcast. <laughs> Uh, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Although I think outside of Twitter, we really don't post anything on our social media platforms. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew Lucy. And reminder, please subscribe, rate, review. And if you are watching along live on YouTube, go ahead down below, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're listening to the podcast, go to YouTube, even if it's two days later, and hit the thumbs up button as well. Yeah, helps with helps with the algorithms. So, uh, without further ado, it's time to pop open an ice cold brewski. Uh, I got another Bud Wines or oh. Matthew's low key favorite. 
Yep. <laughs> it actually is. Uh, I know. I'm actually, I am out of beer. I took the beer over to my sister's on Christmas night, and we uh, had a few, so I left them there, and I'm totally out of beer. So thank you, John, for grabbing a Budweiser. All right. Well, here we go. I'll try to make this sound right. Bottle of wine, actually. There you go. Well, cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about this game against them Grizzlies. Yes, it was a one-point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies on whatever night of the week it is. What night of the week is it? Is it Monday? Monday or Tuesday, one of those days. Yeah, I don't even know what day of the week is it anymore, to be quite honestly. Uh, but yeah, really, really, I, I won't go as far as say frustrating. Uh, you know, we were talking about resilient win, you know, but after losing this game on essentially what came down to John Morant hitting a layup to end the game. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, you know, we've both said that John Morant is probably not probably is our favorite player. Who's a fourth year Mm -hmm. player or younger. Who's not a member of the Phoenix suns. Do you like him a little less tonight? Oh, this is tough because all the jamsters are watching me right now. They know I love my players. I love the John Morant's. A little while to Trey Young, even if the Suns lose. So, of course, I like to watch him as much as Eddie Johnson hates to watch him travel on the floor, which I don't think he was really traveling. I think well, he, he was, was talking away. about Desmond Bain more. No, he, he was talking about Jaw too. Yeah, but both? he got upset, dude, when he talked about Jaw tonight. Like the last time that Jaw before the game winner, the little floater he had, I think it was and one. Eddie was all over him, but yeah, it was Desmond Bain too. Um, but no, Ja, I don't know. You can't really hate this player, I don't think, right now, just because we haven't been through it with the Memphis Grizzlies ever. It's not like the Spurs back in the day. It's not like a Lakers team where you have to play LeBron over and over again. You know, this is a new, a young team. They have some veterans on their squad, but when you're watching Ja, it's nothing that I really hate because usually the Suns are always on the good end of things. They always end up winning. They always end up being the Memphis Grizzlies. If we had to play them in a series, I'm still not scared of them. I know the Suns are a lot better than them. So I, it doesn't bother me with this guy. I can watch him and if it's a game winner, it sucks a lot. Of course it does. And I hate the Suns when I hate the Suns more when they lose in the other team. So I just, I'm okay with it, dude. Short answer. What was it? What was the question? I just wanted (laughs) to talk about John Moran. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll stop. Do you it's do you hate John ja Morant or does it you know it does here here's the way I look at it okay <laughs> you know John ja Morant do, it, it it takes him down a notch in my book just okay. because now he's officially kind of hurt my feelings you know to your point he hasn't done it in the postseason you know you look at the Suns versus the Grizzlies when it comes to what the hell is going is it somebody got like a snowblower you hear outside that? Yeah, yeah that was nasty wasn't it what the it sounded like somebody ripping ass but like through a snowblower or something maybe. I don't know. But anyways, back to my point. John Morant, now that he has defeated the Suns with a layup, ultimately, that left 0.5 seconds on the clock after Devin Booker hit an amazing three-pointer to give the Suns their yeah. first lead since it was 4-2. to two. He put him up 114 to 113 with a great wide-open shot because Desmond Bain kind of left him open. You know, now he does come down a little bit of a notch. Above. I still respect him as a player, but I like him less. Because okay. of just that, it he hurt my feelings. Now that's how I judge who I don't, who I like, who I don't like, uh, and especially when it comes to teams like the Spurs. I will always hate the Spurs because no team has hurt my feelings more than the Spurs. I can't stand the Lakers, but it's not because they've hurt my feelings. They've hurt my feelings. Don't get me wrong, but like we've also gotten the better of them. But the Spurs obviously are number one in my book. Uh, Kobe, I couldn't stand Kobe Bryant. Why? Because mm-hmm. he beat the Suns a lot. You know, he's a team. He's a guy who consistently throughout his career would put the nail in the coffin of the Suns. Now, don't get me wrong. We got the better of them. But at the same time, like, I didn't like him for that reason. Now, you look at the Grizzlies. We played them once in the playoffs. It was back in 2005, and we swept them, I believe. Yeah, we swept them. Uh, So we've never really lost to this team historically in the playoffs. You look at how we've played against this team historically. uh, 96 times they've played prior to tonight. And the Suns have won 58 of those 96 games. Now, what is interesting to note is this game marks the fourth consecutive time we've played them and lost. So in our last four games against the Memphis Grizzlies, we've, or I'm sorry, it's the other way around. We've beat them three times, so never mind. Last time we lost, because I was thinking about, last time we lost to them was on JFK 
or uh, Martin Luther King Day last uh, January. So <laughs> good memory, man. Or are yeah. you reading that? Okay. No, I remember that. I definitely remember. Oh, you were okay. over at my house. Okay. We were watching the game. And we okay. lost that. So, but this is a team that, again, as you mentioned, very young, very uh, hungry, and a team that's currently in fourth place and fighting to try to prove their place in the hierarchy of the Western Conference. They beat the Kings last night. They come out tonight. They're playing an undermanned Suns team, and they essentially came out and, and you know, that second quarter is really what set the pace. I mean, after the first quarter, they're up a point, but then they outscore the Suns 35 to 24 in that second quarter. Uh, what what did you see from the Suns? What did you see from the Grizzlies in that second quarter, Matthew? That kind of set oh. them apart. Well, it seemed like in the first and towards the end, I mean, the Suns were actually kind of coming back. So the bench came in and it's one of those games where it's like you need the starters to step up, even though you have the bench mixed in with them. You have McGee, who, of course, is uh, starting for Aiden. You have Cameron Johnson replacing Jay Crowder. So things are a little switched up, but you always can picture Cameron Johnson coming over and taking taking over for Jay just comfortably. He can come in. He can be the same kind of player, knock down threes and just be versatile to where he can like play make a little bit but then also get to the rim so i just think in the second quarter you're looking for the bench to come in do their job and they did but then also you want the starters to come back in fill the roles as best they can and help take over the game but it just wasn't that wasn't the same i didn't think you really saw much of the starters really playing their own game till the third quarter so the second quarter was just kind of a bust dude it was like Basically, everything in the in the third quarter, you kind of want to see in the second, just because you know you can lose momentum against mm-hmm. this Memphis Grizzlies team who can get on top of you. And, you know, that probably sounded a little nasty, but they can get on top of you and they can kind of just hold you there like they did most of the game. So that's what you did not want. So what you got in the third quarter is what you kind of wanted to see in the second. But, of course, Monty's not there for adjustments. And I don't know how much Chris Paul is really coaching this team on the bench because I kind of want to see the, like, the player coach thing with him on the bench coaching the Suns, but they needed that in the second quarter. It just didn't happen, and it, it's okay, though, because I think it just shows a, even like a team like Memphis that can hold the Suns down or a lot of teams in the NBA when they get up on them, the Suns still fought back through a lot of adversity tonight. So it kind of these things that happen where you're like, oh, I wish this happened in this game at this certain point for the Suns to like take the lead or cut the lead to a certain amount of points. But then it's like, well, let's see if they can actually get back into it if they're down by 16 or something mm-hmm. in the third, you know, like that. So it kind of just sets up different, unique situations for the Suns team to overcome. And they were just so close to doing it tonight. Well, and to your point, I mean, they did overcome that. They had a fantastic fourth quarter outscoring the Grizzlies by a score of 38 to 25 and almost winning this game when they kind of didn't really have a business to do so. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was anything the Suns did wrong. It was the what the Grizzlies were doing right. I mean, their backcourt tonight, John Morant, Desmond Bain combined for 65 points. These guys were just unconscious. And some of it was unguardable. You know, I mean, Desmond Bain shooting 34 footers, like you're you're not going to play defense up on that guy 34 feet away from the basket. If he's going to launch those and hit them, you know, you tip your cap and you carry on. You know, John Morant is kind of an unstoppable force. We know that. Uh, there's certain games where he cooks, and I think that against the Suns, he's done it plenty in the past. And against the majority of the NBA, they've definitely seen their moments where he has great, you know, 33 points, 14 for 25 shooting. And what I respect about Morant is the fact that he was only three for five from deep. It's not like he's putting up 33 points and he's shooting 10 threes a night. He's a guy who likes to penetrate into the paint and create from in there. And that could either be providing us an assist, you know, something that he did only four times tonight, you know, because the Suns were taking away those passing lanes from him. So he, he's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to make this shot myself. And, and he did, uh, you know, on the other side of that coin, again, you have Desmond Bain who had 32 points and he went six for 11 shooting from deep. So you had this kind of this guard play, two different guys who were attacking the Suns in two completely different ways and ultimately were successful. And again, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Hey, the reason the Suns lost is because they did X, Y, like the, the Warriors game. The Warriors game, I felt like the Suns, they didn't bring the correct amount of energy, and they they beat themselves in some areas. They didn't rebound correctly. Uh, they were turning the ball over, you know, at kind of key moments. They did some things to beat themselves. I don't, so I think that the, the Warriors didn't beat the Suns. The Suns beat themselves. Tonight, like, the Grizzlies beat the Suns. They ultimately win by one, but for the most part, 
due to their guard play, they had a, a performance that was, it, it seemed insurmountable. And they, and you know, you tip your cap to the Phoenix Suns, to your point, again, for being down big, something they're not necessarily used to and don't do a lot this season, and fighting all the way back and getting a lead with, you know, five seconds left in the game and ultimately losing. Yeah, and you also saw, you want to look at Jaw too tonight, where he came back, and now I think he's he's one and two since he came back, even though Memphis is in the fourth seed without him for most of this year. Um, now, they were 0-3 coming into this game, so I'm like, okay, how are they going to adjust and stuff? And when you're watching Jaw in the second quarter, he's kind of going back and forth with Booker, but at the end of the first quarter, and most of the first quarter with Jaw, it just seemed like he was kind of slowing the offense down. After they went out to a big lead, the Suns came back, knocked it down. I think they were only down by one going into the second quarter. And I was just like, well, is this team really okay right now with Jaw? And of course, the one thing I said last podcast is like, let's just try to get past the Grizzlies. And I didn't even know about the COVID situation. Well, that's the let's, next factor. Yeah, let's, you know? let's get past them where Jaw's not figuring things out with that offense. But a lot of it is like, I kind of wish it went towards the way of like the Suns, if Aiton's in the middle, that helps out a lot, of course, with Jaw and the paint. That's just that's a big difference. That's a big factor to huge, where I this yeah, and the Suns would have came on on top, of course, if they had Aiton in there to defend him. But just like Jaw, just sucking in the offense and trying to find his teammates. But it just seemed like he was holding on to the ball too much, kind of doing a little bit of a campaign role play out there on the other side, to where I was like, okay, this is good. Like kind of you know. The, the the Chrisleys were out there like, hey, we're wide open for three. He's striving, not really finding anybody. And I was like, this is nice. But then he started to pick up the shot and he started making everything, even the three in the second half. So I was like, all right, well, here we go. I mean, this is going to be his game to come back and put his MVP stamp right on the league. I mean, that's yeah, okay. basically what happened, right? <laughs> no, no one's going to look at this game and go MVP. You know, he's got a long way to go, especially after losing some time. I mean, he's already, he's missed a third of the season, so he's not even in the MVP conversation, you know, but you, you do bring up a valid point, you know, that he is somebody who has the ability to take over a game. And when you don't have a DeAndre Ayton in the paint, it was definitely felt tonight because John Morant knew, okay, I can attack the paint kind of at will. And yeah, you get yeah. you get JaVale McGee into foul trouble. He ultimately fouls out of this game with six total fouls. Uh, you lose a lot of rebounding in this game because you don't have Jay Crowder, who is your third. He's grabbed the third most rebounds for the Phoenix Suns this season. You don't have DeAndre Ayton, who gra- who's obviously grabbed the most rebounds uh, for the Phoenix Suns this season. And you look at those two metrics, the total rebounds, the Suns are out rebounded by 15, 50 to 35. Okay. You look at points in the paint. The Suns uh, score 46. The Memphis Grizzlies score 62. You know, so the, they definitely controlled that painted area. You have Steven Adams down there. You know, you never, ever say that Steven Adams is cooking, if you will. It's not really what he does. But he cooked on the boards. You know, 13 points, 16 yeah. rebounds, nine of them offensively. That's where you miss DeAndre Ayton. And again, because JaVale McGee was in foul trouble, he didn't have that much of an impact on the game, he played a total of 22 minutes. Jalen Smith played 29 minutes. He had to because he yeah, and only ended with one foul. And, you know, I guess if I'm looking at it from kind of the outside looking in again, you know what? I even have a drop for this motherfucker. So let's just go ahead and do this. Stitch report. We talk about sticks and uh, seeing the opportunities for him to kind of grow and, and a great night from him. Okay. 15 points, nine rebounds, uh, two for four from deep. So he actually made a couple of those three pointers uh, that I am not a fan of him taking, but ending with one personal foul and John Morant's doing what he wants in the paint. Like I'm okay with him taking a couple more swats, if you will, at John Morant. I'm okay with him trying to play a little bit more physical defense down there on the block because you have somebody who's going to come down the paint and do whatever they want. So why not attack John Morant sticks? You know, why not pick up a couple of those fouls? Because ultimately John Morant is a 78.3% free throw shooter, you know, a couple points here, a couple points there. Uh, what'd you see from sticks tonight? I think with McGee though, um, just really quick, getting into foul trouble, I think that just made Sticks like more aware of like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be as aggressive. But I think Sticks is a little too slow to really make a good foul. Does that make sense? Like 
to foul jaw correctly yeah. to make sure, you know, if he's not going to get and one and stuff. I think he's a little bit too slow for a jaw. Jaw's way too quick in the lane. I know he just came off of an injury, but I think he's just a little bit too fast for him in that way. But Sticks was good offensive rebounding, six of them tonight. Mm-hmm. I just think he really had his hands in a lot of stuff. He could have grabbed more boards. The only thing I noticed is like whenever he had a grasp, he would lose it right away. So the grasp on the ball for him, it seemed like he just has a <laughs> hard like an, time. It's like an old Aiden argument, you know? Not sucking. <laughs> He has a hard time sucking it into his grass. You know, he just he can't he can't grab onto it. So he had a lot of those where he would lose. And I'm just okay. So like we needed those as much as you know anybody tonight. We needed those extra offensive rebounds, extra defensive rebounds. But he was there. He was in good position. I like how like Chris Paul was trying to find him, just throwing him the ball, lobbing it up to him in an area where he can grab it. Booker did it one time too. And Booker uh, Eddie Johnson said, like, Booker's been doing a good job lobbing the ball to Biggs. I think he's absolutely dog shit with that this year. And I, <laughs> he's I'm sorry. He's throwing it to Aiton. That's I it. don't know. I feel like every time he is off, but he threw one good to Sticks and they complimented him the season on improving, but I don't think that's a thing. And I think that Sticks, good positioning, finding the mismatch, grabbing the ball, going straight up with the ball. Um, whenever he could. And I, he used a left hand, even that fast break he had where he, he kind of copied Cameron Johnson where he was just running down the court, but he missed it. But then Cam did follow him up with the offensive board and the putback. That you saw a lot more confidence with him tonight. It's just because he knew he was going to get a lot of minutes. So it wasn't one of those things where it's like, I got to come in and make the most out of every second to make sure I can stay in this game. That wasn't the thing. It was just basically, you're going to get your 30 minutes tonight because we need you to, but you can't be as aggressive because McGee is just committing these dumb fouls, these dumb and one situations that were going on all night. Yeah. I think what we saw from sticks was another step in the right direction tonight. It makes me uh, wonder if we need Thad young. And I know that simply by saying that I'm sure the jamsters in the chat are going to start giving me shit about that. And so be it, you know, because uh, again, when you bring in Thad Young, it's like, well, whose minutes is he ultimately going to replace outside of these specific situations? And he doesn't have any perimeter presence whatsoever. And maybe we just stick with sticks. We continue to allow his development. So come year three, you know, maybe he progresses a little bit and that asset all of a sudden starts to pay off internally. Because again, I, I've, I've liked what I've seen from sticks all the way going back to summer league. And I think that, you know, to your point, when you say that he's not quick enough to foul John Morant correctly. I know exactly what you're saying because when you watch him, you can still see him thinking on defense and because he's thinking and because John Morant is so quick, he's getting there late and he doesn't even get an opportunity to foul because you know, John Morant's already laid the ball up, but those things come with reps. Big guys take a little bit longer because you know, it's one thing to be had to have the ability to guard the perimeter. Right. When you're guarding the perimeter, it's you one on one typically with the guy. You got a screen coming. So, you know, either I'm going to fall back or I'm going to fight through or I'm going to drop yeah. or I'm, you know, when you're on the interior, there's seven things going on because you have a guy who's attacking you downhill. You got a guy cutting behind you. You got a back screen going here. And you have to figure all this out while trying to understand that if I do get a good shot to turn and or a block, I might have to go back up and re, uh, rebound this. So, I mean, there's it, it just takes longer for the big men to develop. And I think that sticks is right along the, the, the correct path. I thought we got really quality minutes from him tonight. And that's what you want to see. I don't, I'm, I'm not at the point where I'm like sticks needs to get consistent minutes, but in situations like this, which we've seen about three or four times this season where he's going to have an opportunity to play. I say, give those minutes to sticks and let's see what we got with this kid. Yeah, and almost got us a win. So he would have been jam star of the game if we would have got the win, right? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But because we because we lost, it's going to Chris Paul, right? Exactly. No, <laughs> no. Chris Paul, Chris Paul. Uh, you know, looking at how he played tonight, ended with a total of thirteen points and thirteen assists, four for thirteen from the field, uh, zero for three from deep. You know, I think that this was a quality Chris Paul game in which he was trying to set up his teammates and set them up early. If you will, uh, he had how many of his total assists were in that first half? Six of the assists. So, you know, he he was really trying to get everybody involved earlier and, and just was having a hard time with his shot. And I think that because the guard play of the Memphis Grizzlies was so aggressive, and that's what it was. I mean, both Des- 65 points between Desmond Bain and John Morant, like they were aggressive, man. And yeah. although Devin Booker has the capacity and the athletic ability to kind of sustain trying to play some defense on it, obviously not successful. I think Chris Paul was a little bit more fatigued because of it. And I think that uh, the 
the way that, De- that John Morant was playing defense on him, trying to be as aggressive as possible, you know, ultimately uh, slowed him down just to where he, it seemed like, it, it seemed like Chris Paul had a little bit of tired legs. And I know that Mikhail Bridges for the most part was on John Morant, but every time a switch would happen, it'd be Chris Paul. And there was just a blow by. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul, some of the shot selections was a little off tonight. Um, just because he would, there was a corner three towards the end of the game where I feel like he wouldn't really shoot that in the past. And he let the guy fly by. He had kind of the, the lane in front of him, but he shot a three when the guy came back and he was still kind of crowded over there. So it just seemed like he was like just trusting himself to make the big shots and clutch situations because he just trusts himself to make those so often. But it just seemed like it wasn't always the right play. Um, but I mean, you can't crucify him too much. I feel like tonight, just because he did seem like his legs were a little you know, they're, they're a little hard to get off the ground tonight. I know he's usually flat-footed when he shoots, but he did take it to the lane a few times, draw a foul, and just try the best he could to really just maneuver around this Memphis Grizzlies team, like you said, defensively. Like Desmond Bain, who is like a my player, basically if you create a my player, all muscles, short arms, so you have really good shot selection from anywhere on the floor. You know what I mean? Because if you shorten your arms, it increases your ability to shoot better. So he definitely looks like a my player that I would create to actually have a good career because that guy's amazing. And defensively, of course, he looks like Emmett Smith out there, number 22, how big that dude is. I just, uh, well, Emmett Smith's like five foot 10, right? <laughs> I think, yeah, he's short. So are you on mute? You're on mute, buddy. Yeah, I know. I was just saying he was short. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. But, but Desmond but, Bain, you know, I mean, give this guy his flowers tonight, you know, career high mm-hmm. uh, with, and he's somebody who we both were very interested in the draft, yes. in which we took Jalen Smith. We thought that he would be a good backup to Devin Booker and provide that offense that I've always said that we needed and that, you know, Landry Sham at times has been providing. And, if, you know, that's what kind of drives me crazy is like when we play these opposing teams, uh, especially when it's like the Grizzlies or the Kings or anybody in the Western Conference, uh, the Spurs even sometimes. Uh, where they have these players who you and I were very high on for the draft. Because that's part of having a podcast, right? You know, when the draft season comes around, you really take a look at some of these draft picks. And when you when we were a lottery team, obviously, we were really entrenched in it. This past year, I don't think we were nearly entrenched in it for two reasons. One, we knew that we were going to have like the 28th, 9th or whatever pick. And two, it was like right after the NBA Finals is when the draft was. So we're like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Ultimately, we traded Javon Carter for Landry Shamit with our pick. We didn't have draft pick, so it didn't matter. But you go back to a couple drafts ago, and you know, there's these certain guys that you know, you know, Desmond Bain, Devin Vassell, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, all from that same draft that we were pretty big on because we thought that the Suns would have a chance at him. Uh, we had a chance at I think all those guys, and Desmond Bain's one we didn't take, and I'm okay with it. But it just goes it goes to show you that. You know, even though he's a name that both you and I know very well, not everybody knows who Desmond Bain is. And Fabio's right in the chat. He gets the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. He came out of nowhere. If you don't know who Desmond Bain is, which the majority of you probably don't, he came out of nowhere and scored a shit ton of points on us. Yeah, majority wouldn't know, but I mean, we would because we wanted him in the draft and we've been following him ever since. And he's been the reason, even when Jaw was out, he was the reason they were winning games. Yeah. What is he shooting from three point? He's shooting um 42%, 42.6%. Really? Yeah, which is phenomenal. But like he does so much more. I mean, even getting to the rim, I just, the guy just seems like he was just missed by everybody in the draft. Like he's one of those guys, even next year, and I don't know if he can be most, you can't be most improved right after your rookie season. That doesn't count, right? Cause he's 17.2 points up above 9.2 last year. But I mean, what he's doing, dude, I just, he, he's carrying that team a lot of the times. Like he's a guy that is feared right now on the court when you're playing against Memphis. You don't want him. He was open, what, two times in a row towards the end of the game for three, and the Suns didn't cover him and he made both shots. Yeah. Like he's just a guy like a Cameron Johnson in a way where it's like, can someone guard this guy? Because Cameron Johnson is still always wide open. Like no one respects him yet, but Bain doesn't have that respect yet. But he should soon because he, he's he's a killer out there. He is. Offensively, it's, he's it's, a killer. It's just one of those – like it drives me crazy because when you watch a basketball game, obviously as you're seeing these offensive sets occur, you're like, don't leave that guy wide the fuck open. And somehow, some way, it always occurs, yeah. right? That guy's mm-hmm. always open. And you see, that's where the term gravity comes into play, right? Basketball gravity. There's certain players, 
John Morant being one of them, who when they drive to the rim, they're going to draw defenders to them in an effort to just try to deter them from whatever goal they're trying to do. With John Morant, it's typically, you know, pass. He's going to make an amazing pass. So you saw Cameron Johnson, I felt like, was a lot of, and Devin Booker, both of them, were on Desmond Bain tonight. And what they would do is they would drop down there and they'd have their hands out because they're just trying to fuck up passing lanes. And ultimately, the ball would get kicked around a couple times. Desmond Bain would be wide open. And to your point, you're like, dude, I, I know this one's going in. Oh, I know this one's going in. I mean, six for 11 from deep. If Whenever somebody goes six for 11 from deep, it feels like they went 11 for 11, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was just a magically appear in any spot that the Suns were not at. He yeah. Seriously, I thought he was three different players at once. I'm like, oh, is that that is that him? That's okay. They gave the ball to him. They found the right Desmond Bain because he was just always available, man. This guy is, he's a baller. He seriously knows where to be on the court offensively. Very frustrating. You hate, I don't hate Desmond Bain, but I fear him a little bit no. more than Ja just because of how much of an impact he's been on this team this year. But Ja, no, a superstar, absolutely. Yes. I just... Bain is just one of those guys like freaking just frustrates you because no one's paying attention to him. And I think that's what's frustrating about seeing this Memphis Grizzlies team because for the most part, they have a roster that's constructed with players that we like. Now, obviously, one yeah. player that I'm not a big fan of is Jaron Jackson Jr., a guy who went yeah. three for 11 from the field tonight, uh, 11 points, three rebounds, did have two blocks, and that's one area that he definitely excels in with his quickness on the floor. Uh, but he's a guy who I think that due to the fact that he is one of those bigs that came out from the 2018 draft and everybody, every analytic guy goes to bed at night and, and before they go to bed, they take the triple J picture off of their mantle and they kiss it goodnight before they put it back. Yeah. yeah. They're, you know, they, they, they absolutely love Jaron Jackson <laughs> jr. And again, that's the draft that, that, that featured three big guys. Okay. Deandre Ayton, Jaron Jackson jr. Do you remember who the third guy was? Oh, dude, I was trying to think of it before you talked. Oh, hold on. I, I cannot remember. He was drafted by the team that always drafts bigs, and that's the Orlando Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mamba. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba Mamba. Yeah, Mamba so that was that, for, for those of you who kind of uh, remember, <laughs> that was kind of the conversation back then. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. which of these three bigs is actually going to be the most productive in the NBA? You had DeAndre Ayton from U of A, you had Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State, and you had Mo Bamba from Texas. And a lot of people were even saying, like, I would take, you know, Bagley was a Ford. I see D, D, uh, uh, Leon Bagley was a Ford and John and Jaron Jackson Jr. ultimately has become a Ford. That's another thing that drives me crazy about whenever they talk about him compared to those other two guys. It's like, dude, he's a forward. Okay. They got Steven Adams down there, but Deandre Ayton, you know, obviously his impact was felt by not being there today. And Jaron Jackson Jr.'s impact was felt not at all because he was there today. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I, I think the thing you're talking about between the four and the five you would want to see JJ play JJJJ JJJJ JJJS Triple J. You want to see him play the four next Adams. It's nice because Adams, when he was in New Orleans with Zion, didn't make any sense because Zion's just so aggressive. Like Adams, they both live in the paint. Yeah, and Adams is too slow to really get out of the way in space or do anything to get out of Zion's way because Zion's just really super quick and huge. Uh, JJJ seems to like be a little bit more lethargic. He likes to back down in the post. So of course, shoot the three. He spaces out a little bit better than what Zion does and i feel like it's good for triple j to have adams there to learn from him kind of and just have that mentor a little bit but yeah he hasn't really panned out the way people thought he would have yes and there's you know there's there's injuries and things of that nature and that's kind yeah of, of course the, the yeah. continual theme with triple j is he why hasn't he panned out well the injuries but again i just i don't i think he's pretty overrated as an offensive player and i'm clearly biased for the reasons i stated before he's compared to deandre eight and mo bamba Bo Bamba is somebody who just, you know, has been a bust down there in in Orlando because all they do is draft busts, if you will. Um, But no impact on this game. And I was kind of surprised to see that. Uh, Somebody who definitely did have an impact on this game. Lights, Cameron, action. So Cameron Johnson ends tonight with a total of 19 points, four for 10 from deep six for 13 from the field and also had seven rebounds and two steals. So what's interesting is I, I, I did something I shouldn't have Matthew. I stopped by this, the Phoenix suns nation Facebook page and it's, it, it can be an interesting place sometimes, oh, you know, no. I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. there's a bunch <laughs> of just really lazy takes on there, uneducated takes people who, casually watch and people who expect the suns to go 82 and 0 like that's kind of what 
lives on Facebook. And then Twitter's more of the analytical types who you say something, they're just going to try to, uh, you know, tell you that they're smarter than you and they call you an asshole at the same time. And then like the Sun's Reddit page is where you actually get like good analytical observations from yeah. or about yeah. the Phoenix Suns. It's kind of the three main uh, areas to just kind of check about out Sun stuff. But, you know, I saw somebody who was really talking about how great Cameron Johnson would be as a starter and how Jay Crowder not only should be like benched, but traded, you know, and I thought of you obviously, because you're the one who's kind of pushed for him to be a starter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my initial thought, my response was expect less from Cameron Johnson when he's a starter, because he is a first or second option on our second team. But if he goes to the first team, he's going to be the fourth or fifth option, just like Jay Crowder was. Now, obviously that's, bump. you know, you, you can't, I can't deny my statement or fortify my statement because he was the third option tonight, knowing that there was no DA who let's face it is our third option offensively. And there's more of our second option. He's our, he's our two slash three. And there was no Jay Crowder who was our four slash five. So I felt like he had that opportunity to become our second to third option tonight. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Do you feel like, um, cause Cameron Johnson's obviously, we know he could be a starter, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely in the future. Um, so, and Rob, so, oh, so where, yeah, that's a good question. We'll bring that up in a second. But okay. let me ask you this question. Where do you think Cameron Johnson, how would he fit with our first team if everyone's healthy? It'd be weird because, you know, we did talk about Mikhail Bridges, who's just absolutely disappeared, really as being any kind of option offensively until he just wants to do something. Basically, it's when he wants to be aggressive or shoot the corner three, whatever he wants to do now. Um, so if Cameron Johnson came in, I think him and Jay it would just cancel each other out. So what would happen is Cameron Johnson would come in after putting up these good numbers, uh, hitting clutch threes, always being wide open from three. Mm-hmm. He would come in, be the starter, and then he would kind of just go through a slump. I can just see that happening. I could see it where you because know he's Jay trying goes, to find his place uh, with exactly. that offense. Exactly. Like, right? mess? Yeah, and you don't want to mess that up. As much as a Cam Johnson fan I am, and that's next jersey I'm going to get in ten years, whenever. <laughs> I'll get a yeah, Cameron Johnson jersey. We didn't get you one for Christmas. We didn't get it's enough right. donations in the super chat. So yeah, jamsters, I'm putting, jamsters. That one, putting that one yeah. on you. It's all it's all on you guys, um, uh, and ladies, <laughs> and thing. I the Cameron Johnson thing though. It's it's fun because he's always there. He's always available. He he seriously has played like almost every position this year, right? But the one and two, maybe even at one time when Booker was out, he was playing the two. So he's basically done everything for the Suns team. So he's very versatile in that way. So I think just keep him on the bench. That's where he's going to succeed. And I think he is the number one option when he comes off the bench. He's him and Cameron Payne. I think he's a number struggle one. Between that. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming off the bench, you're right. Yes, yes. He's, yeah, yeah. He's our number the, one option. Yeah, Cameron Payne. I mean, Cameron Payne yep. has so many it's up and the, down games where it's like three down and then one really good game and then three more down where you just can count on Cameron Johnson to be truth. that number one guy. Truth. So I'm going Cameron Johnson as number one, but keep him on the bench for now, man, because you, we want to have Jay there. Well, Jay's still a big clutch guy too, so just keep him on the on the in the starting lineup. Well, and again, I just think that his role it suits him better, right? Like Jay isn't yeah. expected; he, he's expected to just chuck up threes and play some physical defense. With don't get me wrong, like I definitely or uh, Cameron Johnson could definitely fulfill that role, but then you have Jay coming in off the bench and now has to be the first slash second option because that's what Cam was. Because to your point, campaign for the most part is our number one option, scoring wise. Yeah. And that's all I'm talking about here, Jamsters. I'm talking about scoring wise. And if you want that sustained offense when the starters are off the floor, you need to have those guys who have defined roles in those scoring roles. And it's Cam Johnson campaign. Some nights in campaign, Cam Johnson other nights. I can't see Jay Crowder coming in off the bench and consistently giving us 15 a night. I just I, I can't see it happening. What is Cam Johnson averaging off the bench? Uh, let me see. He is averaging. I'm not sure off the bench. I mean, I know you can look at 11 points overall, but I don't know off the bench. Well, I mean, this is his first start of the season. So, yeah, 11 points overall. I don't is it his first start? It's his first start of the season, yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I got the basketball. Good old basketball reference whenever I do the yeah. podcast. Never lies, basketball right? It, well, sometimes. Uh, it lies when you look at uh, offensive and defensive rating. Because if you look at offensive <laughs> and defensive ratings of individual players and then on basketball reference, then you go to NBA.com mm-hmm. and you look at their advanced statistics where it shows offensive, defensive, because then it has their net rating. It's completely different. So they use different metrics somehow to define that. But I typically go to NBA.com for my offensive and defensive rating numbers. Oh, good to know. At, Seriously. Yeah, 
yeah, little things because that's I write a lot of articles for Bite Side of the Sun. I like to find those things. Uh, you can check out my long Alfred Payton piece, uh, which nobody gave a shit about. I skimmed like, it, man. Do you have no, like, no no comments on it? Where, where is, no, there's like I eleven, see. and everyone's just like, "Who cares?" Oh God, dude! You should have <laughs> saw the eight and one I did uh, a week ago. Like everyone yeah. was giving me shit for that. So, oh really? Yeah, I gotta stop reading the comments. <laughs> Like this, this guy on there, he just he looks at it as like um, just looking at it in a different way, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't know. So it was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Anyways, love you let guys. Thank you. <laughs> love, love you, bright side of the sun readers. We really appreciate that. So, uh, let's see. What else did I want to talk to? You? What what notes did you take on this game? Is there anything that stood out to you that you wanted to bring up and talk about on the podcast here tonight, Matthew? Oh uh, well, you did bring, bring up Cameron Payne. So Cameron Payne was actually really interesting tonight. Um, do we talk? We didn't really. We just we just mentioned him, right? Because yeah, we have forty minutes in. We haven't delved okay, into Cameron well, Payne at all. Just really quick about him. Like there was a lot of dog shit plays by him in the first half, um, but then he came back in the second half, end of the third, beginning of the fourth. He really carried the Suns. He cut the lead to eight with his three point shot. Um, I just I think he was just in the first half he was just doing those things where he was taking the three when he shouldn't be taking the three and then just passing the ball up and it's just like these passes are directly to the other team so there was some of that but then he kind of regained his his uh, I guess he regained his focus in the third and fourth quarter and he really helped the bench out a lot and he got the crowd into it as soon as he started That's raising what his he arms, does. He got the crowd into it. He got all that because we, we needed that. We needed the crowd. We needed everybody in this game. So I have to give a shout out to him because he's been kind of sucking a little bit. He hasn't really found out what to do offensively. And he kept shooting those stupid threes. But when he's wide open, it's fine. I'm just saying those threes at the fast breaks, he kept doing that. But anyways, tonight, I just got to give a shout out to him because he, he got the team back into the game. Yeah, I mean, that's what campaign, especially at home, that's where he's so valuable. And it'd be interesting to see what his splits are uh, when it comes to being on the road versus being at home, because obviously he's a player who who who's not only fuels the crowd, but is fueled by the crowd. And when you have a player like that and you have a night like tonight, he he can be resilient like the rest of the team was for that reason. If you're having a bad game on the road and you're trying to get yourself into it, you're not necessarily going to have the ability to do so just because you can't get that fuel off of the crowd. But I go and I look at the splits and I, he's played 14 games at home, not including this one. Uh, and he has how many 9.5 points per game on the road. It's 11.1. So maybe he's fueled by the booze. I don't know. My whole point's just gone. Thanks campaign. <laughs> you, you almost wrote another article, man. You almost had another one there going. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's funny. That was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people were saying in the chat on Brightside, they're like, they need to, we need to talk about campaign, not Alfred Payton, uh, because he had just come off that five turnover Ooh. game against the Golden State Warriors. Alfred needs a, he needs a, Alfred needs to find himself because he still looks lost and just like hands around the ears and stuff like that. Like if you're talking about body language, like that's what DA used to do. Remember DA used to be yes. like, what? like that's what Alfred Payton's doing now. DA is just like arms down, shoulders back. He knows yep, what to confidence. do. Confidence. Payton needs that, man. Is that what Conf- that's called? Confidence? It's confidence. It's, uh, it's, what the, it's what the loudest guy in the room always has, right, Matthew? <laughs> yep. That's Biggest man. Jam star of the game. I cut you off so you have no confidence. No, it is good. I, just, <laughs> I know. Biggest, I'm all shot down. Biggest, right biggest baby in the room. Uh, my hands <laughs> around my ears. <laughs> So, Jamsters, uh, for those of you who are watching along live, please let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. If you're listening uh, to this tomorrow or four days from now, uh, just say it out loud. Be like, campaign. Yeah, yeah. So, Matthew, who are you giving your jam star of the game to? Um, I'm going to probably give it to Cameron Johnson. But Booker, I mean, the 30 points, a big shot. I guess I'll give it to Booker maybe. I don't know. Johnson or Booker. It's it's hard. because Booker missed some it... shots. He kind of cost us yes. the game a little bit. There was two plays back-to-back. He missed a shot, and then he had a big turnover. Crucial situation. So then that's why I didn't want to go that way. So Cameron Johnson, too, hit some big shots tonight when it mattered. Andy and Booker missed a free throw. Remember that. We lost yeah. by a point. Well, he missed a free throw. So I was going to talk about Booker. This was going to be my opportunity to talk about Booker. 30 points, 10 of 20 shooting, uh, three for six from deep, including one massive three that could have eventually won the game and been kind of one of those little highlight packages you send off to the all-star voters when it's rigged. Uh, but seven for nine from the free throw <laughs> line, two, only two rebounds tonight, only four assists, two steals, two blocks. 
uh, and three turnovers, as you mentioned. So uh, I was definitely thinking Booker for the jam star of the game. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Jalen Smith. You know, in, in a game where we lose by a point, knowing that we're without DeAndre Ayton, Jalen Smith gave us 29 very solid minutes. And obviously, he's not the reason we lost, in my personal opinion. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Sticks, man. I'm going to give it to Sticks. Okay, well, I can see that, and uh, I think I like the sticks threes. I know you mentioned earlier you don't like them. I, I like them. I like the bank shot three, get them going, I, didn't phase I, them. I'm okay with, yeah, true. I'm okay with him shooting threes. I'm not okay when he goes, like, one for six because mm-hmm. he, there, I feel like there's more productive things he could be doing on those possessions. It's like I mentioned with Thad Young. The reason I'm not, I'm really starting to move away from Thad Young is he has no perimeter presence whatsoever. And you need to have that a little bit just to, just to keep the defenses honest. And, and let's be, let's be real. You know, when sticks has the ball and you watch the defense, no one's near him when he's on the perimeter because they don't respect it yet. He'd have, but once they do, it's going to open up, open up a lot more of his game. So uh, next game for the Phoenix suns is going to be coming up on, is it Wednesday night? Yeah. Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we are playing the Thunder again at home. So twice in one week, we play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they're a team that we beat last week, although they did they were a little pesky, if you will. The Suns ultimately put them away. I think they won by 9 or 12 in that game. Uh, is there anything else that we haven't discussed relative to the Thunder that you want to talk about tonight on the podcast, Matthew? No, it should be another exciting game. Even though we did win by like 10 or 12, it just it seemed like the Thunder just always they were right there almost the whole game. It almost seemed like you know the Suns couldn't mess up. It's not like this is like a Grizzlies team where you can't mess up whenever if you had a lead and then or if you're down by 10 and then you're like have a little run and then you turn it over. Like you can't really do that against this OKC team because they do play hard. You're gonna hear Eddie Johnson all night long on the broadcast talking mm-hmm. about you can't give this team opportunities. Yeah. They're not a good team, but they're still gonna play hard. That's basically they're still gonna shoot. Yeah, yeah. they they think they can win every game, which is true. Uh, but I'm excited to watch them again, too, because I like watching OKC. Worst logo in the league, right? Yeah, it's tough, right? Who Honestly, has a worse logo than the I don't, OKC I don't Thunder? Mind, I don't mind their stuff. I don't mind their jerseys and things. Like, I, I didn't say, I didn't say the American. jerseys. Okay, I think that just, they have a lot of – I like their color scheme. It's just and basic I, or what? But their, their logo is dumb looking. It's just like this – I never it, thought that. I don't know why. Well, again, you know me. I'm like a logo guy. Like I You're love logo good dude. logos. I'm yeah. a logo dude, you know? <laughs> so I like a good logo. And I think that their logo is just freaking ugly. It's like a shield with half of a basketball in it. And it's got these two lines going through that are their colors, orange and blue. And then it yeah. just says like OKC in a, in a weird font across it. Like if I was a fan of the OKC Thunder, I'd be frustrated with that. It's like, come on, man. There's a lot of great logos <laughs> in the NBA. And I think that yeah. that is clearly one of the worst ones. I do know one, though. Um, Sonia, yes. How about them Cowboys? Speaking oh, of God. Texas, San Antonio Spurs, they have the worst logo. Definitely very ugly. Yeah, I agree with that. It's gray it's and not, black. But, it's, but, it, but it works. It works. It's yeah. Spurs, and the U is a spur. Like it's, 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 it's boring, but it's effective. Like OKC has nothing. It doesn't look like Thunder. Clippers like, new one. Clippers new Clippers sucks. new one is ugly. terrible, yeah. terrible, very bad, terrible. very bad. I'm trying to. Okay. So what? What are the best logos in the NBA? Uh, Miami Heat are one of my favorites. That's a good one. That's a damn good yeah. one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many good ones. I remember when I was little, just drawing them when I was younger, yeah. like drawing the Bulls one, the Knicks. Yeah, I don't know. Detroit Pistons, the old one with the actual piston. Like I like that one. So. Oh yeah, the one, the Grant Hill one that had like the pistons yeah. in it. Yeah, oh, you know who good. has the worst one is Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah, that is ugly. That is that's bad. really that bad color bad. scheme, and yeah, that <laughs> one's and, and they keep trying every year, every like three years they update it and it looks stupid. It's just a ball in the middle of the court for the logo. It's like not even yeah. a full logo. <laughs> yeah, they're like a ball that's got like orange, blue, and green. Like they're like and jazz, you know. That's why so, no one likes you guys. Good call. Good call. So, uh, gosh, I think we're gonna be kind of. Wrapping it up a little bit early. Uh, how do you? Fa- how's fantasy football looking? Are you in the finals oh, anywhere? Really no, never. And um, <laughs> well, Derrick Henry went out for the one team I always win. Yeah. I, I honestly, I am. I, I'm just so done with it. We're almost texting Lou, who owns the majority. He's the yeah. commissioner. I'm like, I'm just done with this. I know I have to owe you money here soon, so it sucks, man. But you're doing. Where are you at right now? Because I know you're in it still, right? I'm Avoidable. only only in my league. Yeah. 
Oh, that's it? I'm sorry, man. I lost. Dude, this weekend was probably one of the worst weekends of my life. I'm not even going to lie. Like, Christmas (laughs) away from home, uh, which sucks, you know, for what... And then, you know, I, I told you on the podcast last time how it started snowing, that my TV yeah, went out yeah. with four minutes left in the game. Cardinals, you know, I watched the Cardinals game. Cardinals lose. They look like dog shit. Like Cliff Kingsbury, just he just is lost. Like he is a horrible head coach now. And I'm not one of the people who thought who while, the, while they were winning, I wasn't praising Cliff. I was like, Cliff's turned a corner. He took a lot of risks early in the season. It's just that the Cardinals, it worked in the Cardinals' favor. Well, guess what? That's not happening. So, but again, I had to watch that on my computer. And then it snowed all night. So then yesterday I had to get up going to work early because the person who went who's going into work early called off because the snow they couldn't make it you know even though i'm driving like a nissan Sentra rental car i'm from phoenix and like i should have no business driving in the snow but i'm getting to work and i have like four people call off yesterday two of them their flights were canceled coming back into town after christmas two of them are snowed in so we just get crushed all day long you know uh, just busy work managing a restaurant, you know, there's me and two servers just trying to feed, you know, uh, X amount of people. Uh, so long day, then same thing today, you know, people calling off, yeah, yeah. crushed for lunch. Dinner was a little bit easier, but then I, I twist my back, at, you know, I'm, I, I <laughs> Jeez, yeah, man, man like, I, like I'm, I'm busting tables and I, somebody calls my name and I stand up real quick and I twist <laughs> and like my lower back, I, every now and then my lower back will go out. It's just like, I mean, it's just start one thing yoga. after another. I do. That's what I do. When, when I start to get, like, when this back happens, I start going, I do yoga poses in the morning. It's how I have to stretch my back in the morning. Like, it That's how we hurts. can waste 10 minutes right now is just you doing yoga. We can watch. Yeah, you want to watch me do little... downward dog over here? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just <laughs> yeah, like, dude. you know, it's just like um, one thing after another, after another. And then, of course, yesterday, fantasy playoffs are going on. I mean, I'm in the playoffs in three different leagues. And my team just takes the shit all over the place. And I have Dak Prescott as my quarterback in two of them. And he comes back and has this amazing performance, but I'm so fucking far behind. Kills me. The last thing, the one thing that worked out yesterday is I'm playing in my, in my fantasy league, the one that I manage with you and, you know, a bunch of family members and friends, all my friends. Uh, and I need Amari Cooper to score 18 points to beat this guy. And he ends up scoring like 20 or 21. And I will play my little brother in the, it's called the void of fantasy league. The voidable will be me versus my little brother. Uh, who I'm currently not talking to because he's a douche. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Wow. All right. Anybody? Can anybody in the chat top that? Huh? What a rough week. But you will be back. I fly this whole week off, and then you. I, I fly be home New tomorrow Year's. morning. Yes, I fly home yeah. tomorrow morning at six a.m. So okay. I have to get up at four a.m. to head to the airport because it'll probably be fucking snowing again. And hopefully so my delayed. flight's not canceled. <laughs> yes. Oh. We'll just say you're you're gonna be delayed so that way. And then I'll fly. But I'll tell you this to any of our jamsters who are listening who live in the snow, uh, good on you, because fuck this shit. I am not a fan Never of snow. Never do it. And and here's the why. It's like so many of you have heard this, you know, you can't sh- heard the sayings, you can't shovel sunshine. You know, that's the beautiful thing about Arizona. It's like I've never had to deal with managing a restaurant before where I've had people call off due to weather reasons and you just can't say anything. You know, like, well, I guess you're snowed in. Like you literally can't get out of your house. That sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Coach Evan Beast has uh, one of our loyal listeners and host of the He's on Fire podcast. He says blizzard in SLC tonight. Well, guess what, Evan? That it's it started out here. It hit Reno first before it went across Nevada, and it's hitting you. We've been dealing with that shit for two days now, you know. So, Metal Mike didn't know this. Metal Mike's from South Dakota, so I'm sure you know plenty about uh, snow. And again, good on you guys for dealing with this shit. It's just uh, I I can't do it. I it's so much anywhere that's cold takes so much preparation. Like if you want to go outside and it's fucking 20 degrees outside, you got to put on extra layers. You got to put on gloves, get on a beanie for my bald ass, you know, and then you have to operate it. And then you, whenever you get to where you're going, then you have to take all the shit off. You have to store it somewhere. Whereas in like Phoenix, when I come home tomorrow, it's going to be shorts and flip flops. Cause I've been living in yeah. 30 degrees, yeah, yeah. you know, for the past I know, week. Man. Oh, and I, yeah. I, that's why I love Phoenix, man. I know it sucks. It's hot, but you got the AC and just really quick. Uh, this is actually pretty funny. Coach Evan B. Void Void of yoga. yoga. So, <laughs> Yoda. My new YouTube channel. It can be Yoda or Yoda. You can do that. <laughs> Yoda. Combine the two. There you go. But uh, you can do your yoga inside while it's cold outside. And tomorrow morning when your flight's delayed, you'll have more time in the airport to do your your yoga <laughs> before before your plane arrives. 
It takes yeah, off. J- huh? Jonesin since 80 says remote start is the best. Well, I have these rentals right now, Jonesin, that don't have remote start. I, they don't give you an ice scraper. I've got four inches of snow all around this thing. So I'm out there. I bring a towel from the hotel out there yesterday morning to wipe off all the snow, right? To get it to where I can see a little bit, get a, my credit card out, fucking get it so I can see mm-hmm. out of my fucking car. And then, of course, I'm spinning my tires because I can't get out because there's ice <laughs> everywhere. So I have to take the towel, put it underneath my tire, shred the shit out of it, just getting out of the fucking parking spot. That's how the day <laughs> begins. Like, I could go on and on. It's just been a shitty weekend. Do you have I'm a so wife you could talk to about this stuff? Uh, yeah, I... I I call somebody. You, know, huh? you guys are my. It's the son's therapy session. Yeah. I call Shanna. I let her know, and she's like, "Hmm, that sucks." I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I know. She's all. Is that it? I'm like, <laughs> I just need a hug. I just need a hug. So, oh. sorry about my bitch session, but it's been a long one. And you know what? Truthfully, like, this is the best moment of the day. It really is. Like yesterday morning, before I went to work, when all that bullshit was happening, uh, I was on the Sun Solar Panel podcast with Dave and Justin from the Fan of the Flames podcast. Easily the best moment of the day was just kicking it with those two jackals. You know, it always is. You know, even after long days, like sometimes, like, oh, dude, I have to do the podcast. Like, I'm just, I just want to go to bed. Once I hop on here and I start, I'm like, dude, I'm right back in it. That very few times that happens. But I mean, come on, like we work and you're traveling all over the place. And once we jump on here, it's just, it's different. It's like a different it's world, home, right? It's home. Yeah. It's, it's talking to you, you know, and talking basketball, which I always love to do. It's interacting with the jamsters, which always, uh, you know, one say funny shit. Uh, and two, yeah, Fabio, don't forget to congratulate the Grizzlies Voida. That's a sun solar panel joke from yesterday. Uh, damn, no scraper in the car from Hey Zero. Yeah. They didn't. When I was flying out here in September, there was scrapers in the car. I'm like, what's that for? Now I need it. And I don't have it. But uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate the Jamsters for, you know, again, this this is home for me. This is the closest thing I felt to home uh, until tomorrow when I actually fly home. And then my honey-do list, which is a mile long. I got to blow the leaves. I got to blow the lawn. I'm sure the trash needs oh, to be taken man, out. What a rough life this is, right, John? <sighs> it is, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, bitching yeah, away. Yeah. So, oh, well, I had a good weekend. Yeah, I know you did. You did. You you had a good (laughs) Christmas. You you drank all the beer with your family. You know, it's it's gonna be nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, good. It was a good Christmas for you guys back in Phoenix. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. It's nice and warm out here. It was was, raining though. It was raining. It was raining. It was raining. So did ruin Christmas Eve. Was raining. So we were gonna go to the park, hang out, but they ruined it. But it still wasn't even that bad. It rained like half the day. The rest of the half the day was just beautiful out. The sun came out later in the day. So. Wasn't too bad. Got a nice tan laid out yeah. with a towel. I got frostbite. <laughs> your, your toes are falling off. The toes. I've got three toes that I'm just not so sure about anymore. Like, we'll see. So, uh, but on that note, Jim. Oh, hey, look who it is, dude. Buck Dog. Hey, Buck Dog. Started hitting me in the field. First time I've seen him in probably, what, a month? Yeah, Buck, Buck, Buck Dog. Welcome back to the chat. We missed you there, yeah. bud. We've mentioned you a couple times. Like, Where's Buck Dog? I just don't feel complete. It took Voida or John complaining for you to come <laughs> on here and say something. Thank you. Uh, but such is life. Such is life. But uh, but again, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Even after a loss to the Grizzlies, you're still here kicking in with us. So we appreciate that. Make sure you hit the thumbs up in the chat. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, whether you're here on YouTube or you're listening on Spotify. Spotify, you can do five stars now. So if you go to our podcast, get the little five-star button. Cool. We'd truly appreciate it. Uh, let's get some reviews up there. Let's and and let's go let's go and uh you know we'll be right back here with you talking to you uh against the thunder and then friday we play the celtics uh that's 1 p.m on new year's eve if i remember correctly okay. so that'll be that'll be a different yeah 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 and i I'll saw be back that in, i was like oh, i better have i do have that day off so <laughs> I'll, I'll be back at home with my shitty wi-fi so Oh, that's, I thought you were saying your shitty wife. No, my, <laughs> sh- my shitty Wi-Fi. I got to figure that Wi-Fi shit out at home. Yeah, you, you do. That's like the one thing you got to figure yes, out. Yes, yes. I got to yeah. be like, Shannon, we need to pay more than 30 bucks a month for Wi-Fi, clearly. so You pay 30? Yeah, that's why, dude. I we, pay we, like, we, pay, I pay like we have like the lowest plan possible okay. on Wi-Fi. So we need I, well, I wanted to impress you with my Wi-Fi. That's why I spend the extra. So Understood, understood. And you're winning. You're winning. So, mm. uh, But on that note, again, we, take, we appreciate you. Take care, everybody. We'll see you come Wednesday. Uh, as uh, as our good buddy right here, Metal Mike says, "Go home and blow your snow." <laughs> blow your snow, yeah. Hey, Greg Esposito's in the chat. Did Lissy call his sister shitty? <laughs> oh, the, the one time he comments or watches it, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good to see she's, you again, she's such Espo. A bitch. Yeah, it's good to see you. Such, <laughs> you're such okay. an asshole. But, I gotta uh, find honestly, you and kick your ass now. 
Yeah, but Jamsters too, you guys can come on the show, give your report of the Suns, your your reflections on the games. Don't forget that too. I just want to throw that out there because I feel like we've only did it twice last year and this year we still haven't had any Jamsters come on here to talk with us. So that's yeah, still we out actually, there. Yeah, we actually have a segment, segment called... Jamsters react... That's Matthew's shitty sister's voice. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> but again, if anybody's interested in coming on the show and just giving us kind of a quick three-minute to five-minute reaction to the game, hit us up on Twitter after the game. Go ahead and just hit slide, slide into the DMs, if you will, and just say, hey, I'd like to come on Jamsters React. We'll send you a link to the show. You can come right here. You can tell us what you're thinking, too. So Yeah, or uh, just come on here and spend 10 minutes and complain about your day. And yeah, I will totally sit there and back you uh, up. We, we can have a therapy session as well so uh but on that note everyone take care uh matthew you got anything else to say to the fans before we take off here go home and uh love your family okay well done we'll see you guys on wednesday take care What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.